Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. Hey, homegirls. Today, we're talking to Moore Zucker, the co-founder of Team Denver Homes and the Denver Ear, and we're sure you're going to love to listen to her story. I uh, became a realtor because my husband founded a technology company that services real estate, and I became an agent in order to test the tools um, firsthand so that I could give him feedback on it. Um, and uh, it's it was also interesting because um, somebody bet me that I wouldn't be able to be a top producer within the first year. And uh, if uh, whoever knows me, whoever doesn't, knows that um, I like my gamble. Um, I used to be a professional poker player. So when somebody gives me a bet, I'm taking it. And, uh, and I uh, took the bet and I had so much motivation to become a top producer as well as, I guess, be a good example for my husband's business that it kind of propelled me to push faster than, than most. When did you get licensed? 2014. Okay, so you've been doing this six, six years now? So yep. it's probably like the same time then. So your first year in real estate, you were a top producer. What did that volume look like? Um, about 5 million. Okay, and you were at Kentwood at the time or were you at yeah. a brokerage? Kentwood, so Kentwood was one of my husband's clients, still is. Um, and I um, was the first brand new agent that they took on because of the need for me to test the technology. And that also was a big motivator because there, your 5 million is the bare minimum that they require. So that kind of pushed me to produce more to also feel as though I'm worthy of being there too. Uh, absolutely. Because at Kentwood, they have like a floor, right? That you have to be at before they'll even let you join there. So to let them to let you be there was a big deal because that's not normal. Exactly. And a lot of people, you know, when that happens, think, oh, she potentially could have gotten a free ticket, but even more, it's harder even more because you have to prove yourself double in order to be able to stay and order for people to know that you're not there for any other reason than because you're a good realtor too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that was good for my business. I think that kind of pushed me further. Um, and, uh, two years ago, um, my husband's business was acquired by Remax. Um, and they are part of Remax now. And, uh, it was only a matter of time that I'd make that transition to be a part of his new technology as well. Absolutely. And you have, so you have three kids, right? Am I, I do have three children and you just had one and he's so cute with a head. He's like, he's old. He's so cute. Uh, how old are the other two? So I have a 12 year old and a 10 and a half year old, two girls. And we thought we were done. Uh, <laughs> a decade went by and then all of a sudden, uh, we weren't done. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we went, came back for one last hurrah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, here we are today, and uh, yeah, we're, we closed. We closed the shop, though. <laughs> You're you done guys, now. You guys seem like um, so. I followed you on social media for a while. You guys seem like really in love. Like the it, the overwhelming sense that I get, like when I look at your social media, is like you guys are like like I I'm being stalkery, but like you posted a wedding picture once, and like just the way that you guys look at each other, like 
you guys are like couple goals. You seem like the real deal. Well, I met Ido and we moved in together after a week. Um, I moved to different countries to live with him as well. Uh, and we've been together for almost 18 years after only uh, knowing each other for a week after moving in together. Oh, I awesome. love that. I love that. Sometimes when you know, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. I think we've all been in there in some way, shape, or form, right? <laughs> Can I switch the microphone on you, Yalza? Love, love to hear your story. I'm really intrigued about this whole idea, the podcast. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I just, I'd love to hear more. So, I mean, honestly, this whole thing was super organic. We um, were sitting on a boat one day, like we had just really started talking as friends. And we were sitting on a boat and we're like, hey, like, why don't we just do like a thing together? I mean, it was, it was organic. And then I think back in December, was it guys? Mm -hmm. We were at lunch and Lindsay was like, we should do a podcast. And we were like, but about what? And then we decided, why don't we just talk about like real shit, like real stuff that's going on and ask real questions and really find out like what makes people like you tick and what drives you and the story like behind the story right because i think everybody has an opinion on who you are and what you are and what i am and what angela is and we just we want to peel back those like onion layers i think is really what our goal is and there i think it's great for other women really doing this especially in real estate no yeah i mean if you listen to like other real estate podcasts they're so dry and they're really like content or educational like based, which is cool. And like, we will do that. We do that too. But like, there's nobody talking about what it's really like, especially to be a mom, a wife, a business owner, a woman in business. Um, you know, like, I mean, that's a, it's a total, that's like a, it's a real thing that nobody talks about. And I just think that we need to start talking about it more. And I think there's so many similarities between us. There's also so many differences. So I think it's really fun to see like, when something's happened in somebody's life, like which path they chose, you know, like it's choose your destiny. And some of us chose to kick ass full time. And some people chose to just sit back and let life happen to them. And we didn't. So I think it's really cool to watch. So we come from all different walks of lives too. So, you know, how we all grew up and what markets we serve. So you're getting four different personalities. You're getting four different opinions. You're getting but we're all in the same business together. So it's kind of nice to get like a podcast out there talking to four separate women, but yet one industry is bringing us together. So that's, that's another reason why. Plus we get to talk to kick-ass people like you. Which you is were actually one of our very first, yes. we started to develop our list of who we were going to talk to. I think she might've been first. She, she was. She, she was. might've been number one that we wanted to talk to. Well, I'll take number one. I'll take this. <laughs> yeah. Especially as far as like female real estate agents go, like, I mean, you literally were one of the first ones that came to mind. So I appreciate it. I can we tell you that I love I love the girl power kind of like coming together that you guys are doing. You know, it's, uh, it's refreshing when women support each other and collaborate and there's business for everyone. If you think yeah. how many houses are for sale on MLS every day, you couldn't sell them um, all even if you tried. Right. So there is so much business for everyone and it's great when everyone sees that. And I think you guys are inspiring other women to come together as well. Well, that's exactly why we're doing this. So thank you for saying that. We appreciate that. Of course. Okay, so getting back to you now, though. 
Nice so try. I want you to walk me through Team Timber Homes. Where did this come from? You started out as an individual agent, right? I did. And so we've gone from individual agent to, for all intents and purposes, massive kick-ass team with the most amazing marketing in the Denver metro area, in my opinion. Um, branding, you. like your photos, like whenever I see like one of your team photos or whatever, I'm like, who is this chick's photographer? Because <laughs> I want them to follow me around because they like everything is perfect. Like I'm just obsessed. And so, um, where did team Denver home start? Talk to me about your partnerships, the successes, the failures. I want to know all of it. So, uh, first of all, from the first moment I started real estate, um, I knew I didn't want to be an individual agent. I purchased the domain team denverrealestate.com back in the day. Um, literally within the first week, I got a license um, and I operated under that until I found out that you can't call yourself, this was 2016 and it wasn't that obvious. You couldn't call yourself real estate if you were not a brokerage. So then I immediately shifted and got Team Denver Homes um, simply because I like working with other people. Um, and um, I came to this job from being a full-time mom. My kids were five and four almost when, uh, when I got a license. So I felt as though I kind of needed, I guess, um, interaction with people. And when I started by myself in the first deal or two, um, I also felt as though once the deal was over, um, I kind of was back on my own again. Um, and I like everything. So that was from day one, I knew it was going to be a team. Um, and um, Michelle Chardulo, who's my business partner, uh, we were friends that were traveling together to conferences as agents. Um, and we just got along really well from day one. Uh, she specializes in luxury. Um, she's, uh, she's fantastic. Um, and always kind of tiptoed around working together. Um, and, and then uh, last year, we kind of, you know, pulled the trigger, said, let's do it. And, uh, and we've been working together ever since. And uh, we have uh, uh, great agents and we have a culture. And that's what is the most important part. You know, there are lots of teams. Um, and the majority of those teams operate like a business where there's someone that gives you leads. There's someone that sends you go to listings. or And it's just very cold. Whereas the team that we've built and that I've envisioned is a team that's like a family. Uh, we take our agents on vacations. Um, we hang out together. Like I'm going with Michael Ann, who is one of our agents and our team assistant to um, Backstreet Boys together. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, can we come along too? Right. <laughs> You're definitely welcome to come along. And, and so we have a good time, and that's really important, in my opinion. First of all, for people to enjoy every day when they go to work. Um, and second of all, we are a business of relationships, then 100% I believe that we have to have those relationships internally before we tout them externally. Yeah. Talk to me about Team Denver Homes production last year, because you guys- uh, Last year we did 57 and a half million. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we are starting the year strong. Uh, we just re-signed another $45 million development in Louisville. Um, and, uh, we were excited. We are, we want to see how far we can take it. You know, there's no limits, um, in my opinion to what anyone can achieve. And, you know, somebody's selling out there a billion dollar 
development. Oh, yeah. um, what makes them better than you? If you put the hard work in, there's no reason it shouldn't be you. Um, so we're gonna go go big, uh, just like in poker, go big or go home. Is it all is it all women? Do you have any boys? Currently, have all women. That's cool. Is yes, that the well, vision or did it just end up like that? So we were going to do all women and then Matt, uh, which was a great addition to our team last year, uh, really wanted to join us and, and it was great for the time that it was. Uh, but it also, you know, it fits better, all women. Uh, we talk a lot about things that probably men are not interested in about, like, oh, we need to go get our hair done. We're doing what you're doing this weekend. Um, so we're going to keep it kind of, uh, you know, close to as long as we can. Uh, for the women vibe, because I think it just, it vibes well for our business now. You guys are like the hottest female realtors in Denver. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like, um, it's Olivia that's on your team, right? It is. Olivia's our star. Stunningly gorgeous. I mean, all of you guys are, but I mean, Olivia, really, I, she is absolutely inside and out as yeah. well. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's so. I grew up with, um, I too. And that's really important to say. I grew up with Maytal. I love Maytal. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. Actually, well, I grew up with Brian, her husband, but oh, they well, they're the whole whole family. Maytal is such a go getter. Um, they all are. They're they crazy. all are. They yeah. all, this is really, but this is exactly it. Um, if you ask me, what's going to make a realtor produce above and beyond is is determination and grit. That's what makes a difference. It's the ones that wake up in the morning and won't go to sleep until they get another deal in, in their like under their their belt. Um, it's uh. It's hard to keep that kind of momentum year long, but those that can and that have that hunger, I mean, it's, it's game over for sure. So you guys did 57 million last year collectively as a team. How many people are actually on the team? Um, six. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm too blonde for that math. But <laughs> so we're kind of averaging about 10 million in agent. Nice. Impressive. Uh, that if we did it, of course, it doesn't work that way. Some people produce more than others, but that's uh, that's just an average. Um, and and it works really well because we all are under also one MLS as the team. So every time one of the members has a listing, it's really everybody's listing. You have um, one across the street from my house right now, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, in terrain here in Castle Rock. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! I know which one you're talking about. Should I can, should I plug? Should I plug? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> it's your show. We're just here to listen. <laughs> uh, you guys are great. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, it, it's it's a fun time, and we're looking actually to grow our team. So if I am going to plug something, um, let's plug something specific that people are listening to for this. If if you are an agent that's interested in joining Team Never Homes, we are looking to grow further um and we would love to talk to you guys uh we we believe we have enough business to to grow another agent or two in the near future and uh and i want to make more fun times nice do you have just designated buyers agents and designated listing agents or can they do both both we're not we're not segregating it like that um it's 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 we want you to be able to go to an open house and then if you get the neighbor across the street you can list his house too that's awesome because a lot of people don't do that right so that's one of the things that prevents a lot of people from joining a team is that they can only do one of course uh, they're yeah. pigeonholed from the beginning yeah. absolutely right. no we we just want everyone to, to be top producers that's that's all we care we don't want to keep anyone in any hole we want to do to grow as further as you can like 
That's the number one. Do you take uh, mostly, like, have your people been mostly newer agents, experienced agents, both? Like, uh, kind of, well, we've kind of been newer and medium. Um, for the idea is also because we want to everyone to have their own kind of side, like blog, side gig. Each one has their own kind of brand. And we want people to also that are joining to be able to commit to an identity that's a brand. I have a Denver ear, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lifestyle blog. Olivia has a Denver look. Each one of us has our own thing. Um, and typically if they're very experienced or producing already a lot, um, they're not going to have the time to start building a brand too. So right. we want to do a long-term kind of like investment too, where you have time to invest in your identity for the future. Smart. So that if you ever do want to leave the team, you can, which is another reason why people don't like joining teams is because they get stuck in and their identity is your identity. And so that's really awesome that you're encouraging that. Of course, we, that, that's the whole point. That's also a mindset of scarcity though. People yeah. that they prevent agents from trying to grow to themselves are currently like worried that they would leave. We believe that if you want to be here, you're going to be here. If you don't, we don't want you to be here. No. Uh, only people that want to be part of the team and grow. And if not, we absolutely wish you the best of luck and we support, um, we basically we support everybody, even when they leave. You as a team leader, make sure that that environment is truly cultivated and that everybody is really in a place of growth all the time. I think that that over time, that's a big responsibility for you. How do you uh, do that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that a lot of it is also Michelle because she's yeah. the managing partner. So she also deals with that a lot. I have to give her credit for that. Um, but um, it's investing. That's why you have to also like the people that you're working with because it's not also about investing in them it's also because you're their friend it's just like calling your friend and seeing how you can help them grow your, their business and um honestly what excites me the most is actually um helping people business develop and see how their brand takes off um that excites me more sometimes than closing an extra deal so it also is a passion yeah <sighs> I think one of the reasons why we're all here, right, is because we're all trying to help someone else, right? That's the reason why we're doing this is because we feel like there's not as much help out there. And so that's why we're bringing people like you on because we all share that common thing, right? We want to help each other and help each other grow. And there's more than enough business for everybody. That's right. Of course. Yeah. That's why I was like, I love this idea. I haven't seen it around often. It's also completely out of the box. And I, and I, and I was excited to just jump on it because you guys are awesome. And it's, it's these kind of moves and decisions now before all of these ideas become saturated um, that paves the way for greatness. And I think you guys have taken that path. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Can I say a thing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like, we don't know each other. I've met you once. We met at the top 40, whatever thingamajiggy. Um, but I followed you for a long time and I just think you're a super interesting person. And then I'm going to ask about poker next. Cause that like, when I grow up, I want to be a professional blackjack player, which is like not really a thing, but I want to hear about poker. But like, so I would not have expected you to come on and say that you like, okay, I've been called a bitch many times in my life. We all get that. Right. All of us. Like, even though I've been called a bitch many times in my life and I hate it, 
when I see other women that are as strong as you, like even my brain still goes like, is she bitchy? So like for you to come on for you and it's nothing against you, but like, I'm just, of course to like, for, for you to come on and say, you're running this all female team and you have this incredible culture and like, you love your people and your people love you. Like that is so impressive and amazing to me. Like usually females in my opinion or my uh, personal experience that are running something like that are not that nice and kudos to you. Right. Thank you. But in my opinion, those that aren't, um, again, it's because they're scared. I found that, um, fear is one of the things that creates people to behave in ways that other people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when women are bitchy, it's because they're afraid. Uh, they're afraid that someone's going to take their spot. They're afraid that, um, I have, uh, I welcome people around me because I feel good in my own skin. I have high self-esteem. I know I'm going to do well anyway, and I wish everyone well around me. Um, and I think that's the healthier way to live life. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. So if stuff comes up in, I mean, let's be real, we are women. So if stuff comes up on the team that has that female mean girls or weird cattiness dynamic, like how do you deal with it? Have you had to deal with those things? A uh, very, very rarely. Um, I think it's, uh, because the culture is so strong and everything is very transparent. Um, so the one thing is there's no like behind the back. Um, I'm Israeli. So by a product of that, I'm outspoken. Um, and there's no way, sorry, I'm turning off my messages. Uh, (laughs) There's no way that I can not speak my mind pretty much immediately. Um, because I just can't help myself. Everything is out in the open with me. You, you get when I'm mad at you, you know, when I'm happy, you know, everything is, is open. So the conversations already happen uh, pretty much out in the open. If anything is bothering anybody, um, it kind of gets, it's not hidden. It's not pushed under the rug. And usually the bitchiness and the cattiness happens when there's drama. And I can see it with my two girls. They're in middle school. Um, and I can see how the drama is cultivated. And it's mostly when it becomes... Um, when things are not communicated openly, when there are small cliques that talk to behind, that this is not the environment of team member homes. If you have something to say, say it to everybody and we'll talk it through and make sure that everyone walks away happy. I just love that. And I super commend you because I think what you're doing is probably really unique. Like I'm trying to scroll through my mental files. Like I can't really think of another all women team in general or one that is as successful as you like at all so especially one that operates four weeks out of the month right Right. like usually there's going to be like that one week where you just shut it all down (laughs) because too many women all synced up is never a good thing (laughs) Uh, I don't know if there are or there aren't uh to be honest here's another thing um I am so focused um, on my business that sometimes I feel like I'm in a fishbowl. Like I don't even realize. And then I go out and I, and, and then I realize um, other teams and I welcome them and I want to talk to them and I want to hear everything, but I don't go and scout uh, simply because I want to also um, not feel the pressure of seeing what somebody else is doing and trying to replicate that. And that's only for creativity reasons. Like I want to be able to like create from a, from a space of, of own identity, I guess. 
I want to know about poker. Tell me about poker. I mean, I've, I've followed a little bit, but tell, like, where, how did you get started in that? Like you, you play in bracelet events, right? Like, I mean, yes. like, yes, I, uh, I started playing poker. Um, when I was, I lived in London. Um, and, um, I started playing poker when I was 18 years old. Um, it was at a home game that my now husband, then boyfriend was hosting and I was there cause we lived together and I decided to give it a try. And, um, that night, the first time I played, I took every single man's m money off the table. And nice. Then, yeah. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, what, uh, this is it. Uh, and, um, it found my passion. <laughs> and back then there were like zero female players. None. Like we're yeah. talking. None. 2002 uh there were no females players and um it was really uh, unique to also go to tournaments and be that kick-ass woman and uh and also kind of shatter perceptions you know i was a young blonde girl um i'm assuming they had a lot of things to think about you know my abilities or playing with who know daddy's money or my boyfriend's money or just giving it a try but i took it seriously just like I take everything for my business seriously. I read um, over 30 poker books in the first year. Um, I decided to play and I took it like as a business, um, spreadsheets and, and analysis and everything. And, uh, and it, it was great. I, uh, uh, I had a great time doing that. What's the biggest <laughs> event that you've ever played? Um, at the World Series. Um, this year, that was the first year I'm playing the actual big, uh, $10,000 main event. I'm going to fly out, especially for it. Uh, oh my gosh. I want to sit and watch you. I, I watch a lot actually on TV. So I hope I get to see you make the final table. I you hope so too. Am I'll I tell you to what, I'll give you a promise here on the podcast. If I make the final table, I'm going to pay for all of you guys to come to Vegas to watch me. Let's go. Awesome. Yes. I, well, I, I love blackjack. That's a promise. How's that? Yeah. Well, I think you're going to make it because that's because we have to do that now. Well, because <laughs> who you are as a human being. Am I allowed to ask if you have a favorite hand or is that like? Is I that do, I do have a favorite hand. Um, I like the, first of all, I like uh, the suited connector hands. So yeah. five, six suited, six, seven suited, seven, eight. Um, I like those because I usually either lose a little bit with them or I win a lot. So usually the hands that everyone expects you to like, which are like aces or kings, yep. those are hands that you typically can either lose a lot or win a lot. But I like uh, minimizing loss and increasing uh, profit. So those are the hands that do that. So you're going to come over to your house so you can teach me how to play poker. No. I actually have fucking Chinese to me right now. I actually have a full poker table and chips and Done. Uh, you guys are welcome and we can, uh, we can play a, a game at my house for sure. Jess has bunko games, but like, I feel like poker games would be way more fun. <laughs> I don't have bunko games. The HOA has them. I just put them on so everybody knows who I am. I don't even know how to play poker games instead. <clears throat> if here's something, if you're women that like to play poker, um, typically what you should do is play more hands than you would feel comfortable and actually uh, bet more often than you would because you're going to have more times that men fold to you because they believe that women are what we consider tight players. Women are players that only play good hands because they're scared to lose their money. And if you bet a lot against a man, uh, you will take a lot of his money. So that's a little <laughs> tip. 
Yeah, I like it. I, I like, like it. blackjack because like, so I get, well, first of all, I still have to count on my fingers. So me like, too. literally like when I get a dealer that doesn't count for me, I'm like, I, is that 14 or 15? Like, you gotta yeah. have me opera. but like, I, I can't, it's too much for me to read at one time. So like, I can read my cards and I can do a good job reading what the house probably has, but I can't like when you throw in that third thing of reading the table and what the other people are doing, that's where I'm like, I, I, I'm out. I can't do it. It's hard. That is I feel a like hard we should have a woman's trip, like to yeah. uh, Blackhawk or something for like a mini, uh, mini poker game. See if we can run the, run the guys out for the night. Yeah. And I, I, used, to, so I used to get paid um, at the Isle Casino, my job was I get paid per hour to sit at their tables. It's called being a prop. And I played poker there professionally for a living at the Isle Casino in Blackhawk. Oh, You're the coolest fucking person ever. Right? <laughs> I love it. I just hear that chip chatter and have PTSD. <laughs> Um, so I really, I used to play local home games like all the time. Like that was my, Angela, we would play, like I used to play all like Friday and Saturday night all the time, but yeah. I literally like the first time that I went into a, and I, I would play Blackhawk, but the first time I ever went into a real poker room at Caesars, like I was like, I'm going to cry. I have to leave. Yeah. Like, right. It, it, that is a hard ass game for anybody that's never played before. Like walking into a poker room and it's so quiet and people are so intense, like that is, you got to be a badass bitch to do that for a living, girl. It's, uh, it's actually, it becomes more exciting and more fun. Uh, especially if you think about it, that you can be anyone. Nobody knows who you are. You can be anyone you want to be. Uh, and everyone is going to make assumptions about you anyway. Uh -huh. I have an idea. I think we should all do some, like, like local event that we invite women and teach them how to play poker. <gasps> I am so down. Oh my God, I'm so in. Yes. You know, how many so women high. tell me, oh, I wish I knew how to play. Me. And if we do an event, we can do like Team Never Homes, Homegirl Podcasts, yes. event. And oh my gosh, we, we could do a charity. We could yes. do that. So I, I am on a board of a nonprofit who we handle, um, we deal with girls who are sex trafficked here in Denver. Like they're all local girls. We could totally tie it all together. Like a women. 100%. We're going to talk about this off air. And we'll give out, we'll get some prizes from local things that we can do. I can get from the Denver ear and uh, we'll use that. And then we'll also do some small poker tournaments and some tables we'll teach. And I think uh, we'll give some women tips and I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys, Denver homes and the home girls, this would be like, we take over Colorado. Yes. Watch out, Blackhawk. <laughs> <laughs> Here we come. Right? Okay, so can we totally pivot for a second? Because I have a question. And if this makes you uncomfortable to answer, just tell me, okay? I'll let you know for sure anyway. Okay. I'm, I want to know about this Fresh Prince of Bel-Air video. Of um, course. I knew you were going to ask about it. There were so many other videos that have been put out by real estate agents that were infinitely worse. Like, I don't even want to say worse that... Because I don't think that there was anything, I don't know. More controversial, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't understand what the controversy was. But I think more than anything outside of that, because the internet's going to do what the internet's going to do, right? Yeah. For me, I know that I would be laying in bed crying. I would have deactivated my Facebook page. I would have went into hiding 
how did you handle all of that? Because it seemingly came out of nowhere. Like, I feel like I woke up one morning and was like, what in the fresh hell? <laughs> I thought it was so, like, I, I sent Maytel a text and I was like, oh my God, that shit was on point. Like, you girls look so cute. Like, I don't understand what happened. So a few things happened um, and we're taking responsibilities for some of them. So what could have looked like cultural, like appropriation um, was not, we were just trying to mimic the 90s. So um, we weren't trying to act like we were black. We were trying to mimic the 90s from our memories of the 90s and of the show. We had like no recollection of color. For us, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is like a staple from the 90s. It's iconic. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, um, the combination of being a group of people that are white doing that song uh, in a neighborhood like Rhino, um, I did not put those three together to come to paint that picture. For me, it was love doing parody videos. We love doing rap. The rap is easy to sing because you don't have to use your voice too much. It's on the Adele song. And, and um, it's, we love murals. And we just literally did not connect the dots. It was just supposed to be fun. And um, didn't expect that at all. Um, the internet will do what it's going to do. Um, just like Jessica said, the reason why there's no need to, um, I guess, like, jump into being sad and frustrated and worried is because everything uh, that you're doing, part of it is also to fail at stuff. And I really believe that it's how you come back up and quite, quite the opposite. It's good to not have everything work out for you. You know, um, it makes you stronger and everything seems to me um, as not a big deal when I come from the country Israel where we actually have uh, real problems and we have fear and we have enemies and we have neighbors um, that don't want us around and we have to deal with uh, real problems every day. Um, and I guess that put things in perspective for me. Um, I told my Israeli friends that I was in the news and I showed them the video and their joke was, I guess you guys don't have much to worry about um, if that's your news. Uh, so, uh, so taking things, um, I guess in proportion and perspective is 100% important. Um, there are people out there that actually have, um, and not even Israel, like even more than that, people that have so many problems, um, just being grateful for life and seeing it's a stupid fucking video. Yeah. I yeah. So what was the biggest lesson that you took from that? I mean, moving uh, forward from like a social media marketing standpoint, what does that look like moving forward for you guys? The one thing it did, I'm going to go with the opposite of what it didn't do. It's okay. not going to prevent me from trying something different again. Like most people at that point would be like, oh no, I'm never doing this. I failed. Like what? We're going to try, we're going to keep on trying everything that we can that we feel is going to be fun. Uh, sometimes it's going to work. Others it's not hopefully not offending anybody next time because that's not the goal at all. Uh, that's the one thing that um, I really regret um, is being uh, offensive to others when I wasn't uh, going to be. And that's what I'm going to take away from it. I'm going to try and put a more empathetic lens on every single thing that I do to make sure I can try and perceive um, as much as I can how this is going to affect people. And sometimes I'm not going to be able to get there, but I'll try at least to have those critical thoughts of um, how things are going to be perceived before I, I click go. So not everybody's as brave as you. Was it harder for some of the other people on the team or did you lead everybody to just kind of take it in stride? 
Well, it wasn't easy for me either, right? No, absolutely not. Know, it, was, yeah. uh, it was hard for everybody. Um, and that is also one of the reasons um, I'm super um, happy that we have the culture that we do. Uh, because one of the reasons also was easier for us is because we like combined together and kind of supported each other because we all knew like that we didn't mean any of that. So whoever understands the most are the people on the team and we were there for each other. Um, and the most important thing that we kept on saying is like, like don't read the comments. Like, and you know what? Um, I follow a lot of celebrities on Instagram and some of them I absolutely like love, like Ashley Graham, I'm obsessed with her. Um, and even her, she's taking a picture with her newborn on her breastfeeding and she's getting some people that write so many negative comments like, why are you showing attention when that's not at all what she meant? Um, so no one's gonna like, not everyone's gonna like what you're doing all the time, right? And you're gonna have negative Nancy's of uh, the bigger and bigger you get and the more exposure you have. And I think no one's immune to that. So uh, just also realizing that even if people come at you, you can't please everybody and the people that know you know you. Um, luckily it didn't affect business because the people that actually saw the video that sell with us real estate said first we don't understand what the big deal is and that doesn't uh, hinder you from selling our property and it hasn't um and has proven by 57 million dollars in volume in 2019. yeah right. absolutely yeah and the fact that i can't go to denver without referring to it as denver <laughs> hey. it's it's our uh it's our brangelina I guess right? I was going to put Denver when I typed in Denver and it's like, I don't know if I should go there with her yet. And then now I know, like five minutes into this, I was like, I totally should have done that. She was so Kristen, Kristen's from Pueblo and every single day, a day does not go by where we're not like, what's life like down in Pueblo today, Kristen? <laughs> yeah. So you've given us like a whole new vernacular, by the way. We just needed it to rhyme because so we just found out as the rhyme uh and uh and honestly i would have never thought it would be that big uh i i just one thing i regret and this is like sounds really stupid is that everybody watched it anyway we should have kept the video on our youtube channel so we have that quarter million views on our channel and not somebody else's yeah. but at that moment in time i so didn't want like we don't want to offend anybody else uh that we deleted it and then somebody else published it and got all that traffic yeah. uh so i was like oh shoot we should have just kept the video on do you yeah, well, they were watching it anyway, so who cares? Right. Yeah. Is your educational background in marketing? Because you're so strong in marketing. I'm just curious. Um, educational background was, uh, yes, but not by what you think, not by going to school. Um, I just bought every single book in marketing and read it too and watch webinars and I went to conferences, um, just like in poker, just like in real estate. Um, I get addicted as a passion for whatever I do because I really like to win, which is why I became a poker player in the first place. So um, I once I decided I was gonna do marketing as being a realtor, I had to take that seriously too. Absolutely. So tell us about your speaking engagements because you do do a lot of speaking engagements as well. I do, I do. I. Uh, I like to go up there and I would like to help agents because I think that, um, that now is the time to do it. Like when I entered the real estate space in 2016, and this was not that 2014, it wasn't that long ago. It was like six years. Like you said, um, it was like 
night and day than what it is in the last five years. It was only older agents yeah. or agents that, and all of them were like branding themselves poorly online um, with things like a picture of a house without even like for sale, no address, no price, no nothing. Great. What am I going to do with that? And it was so frustrated me. And I felt as though um, that the younger crowds that are now joining real estate, uh, kind of like we're starting to mimic the older crowd that were doing real estate for 20 years. And they were telling that this is how you do real estate. So I was so frustrated by that. Like real estate is not when everyone else you could do anything you want and i got really passionate about about speaking about that and helping people kind of push the new era of real estate that we're starting to see and even for me um every day um you need to grow in what you do so even though i speak on stage i learn more than i tell other people because even like my kids are doing tiktoks i'm not doing tiktok right now <laughs> i saw you you did a tiktok fun i did one but like i'm not gonna have a tiktok account so what about real estate 10 years or 15 years from now? Right. They're going to be the stars of TikTok. They're going to be the new era as well. Yeah. Like you can never rest easy and say, I did it. Um, for me, the only fear is fear itself. But at the same time, waking up every morning with um, hoping for the best, expecting the worst, and always pushing forward, uh, no matter what comes in your way and changing and adapting is number one. Because when I started to speak, my first sessions were about Facebook. And I think personally, Facebook is, is slowly a dying, a dying platform. Um, right now, if I'm speaking, I'm speaking about Instagram yep. and um, stories. Um, things are just changing all the time. So, so it's also about changing what I talk about based on what I do as well. Why do you think the bar is set so low for realtors? Why do you think they all want to just do the bare minimum? Why don't people inherently want to stand out and do the most they can and grow their business as best they can? Because it seems like more people are more apt to share somebody else's content than provide their own. And I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, first of all, there are so many realtors, um, let's just say even in Denver alone. And I would say probably two thirds of those uh, probably became an agent because they saw how easy it is to put a sign in the yard and they want to get a quick $10,000 and this is an easy job and whatever. Like that was the, I guess, whole idea behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and also I think um, when your motivation in business is purely monetarily, it's just for money, you're going to eventually slowly, once you start making money, especially when you're a realtor and then you start closing a few deals, um, all of a sudden your motivation is kind of lower because right now, like, why are you going to produce content when you can just close another deal for another $5,000? Uh, but once, once people kind of want to succeed career wise, I think I see it as a career. It's not just to make money. It's to succeed. It's to do well. Um, when you put that aspect on it, um, then you will want to do new things. You will want to put yourself out there because you treat it as a career. And I think, uh, I think when you have, and there, and there are a group of agents that are putting themselves out there, um, and you guys are also one of those agents. So, I mean, it just shows. There are people that are doing these things, it's just not many. Um, however, um, let's not pat ourselves on the back too much because here comes the next generation of yep. agents, um, and I can already see it with like 
Same. Agents on our team, like Olivia's and Maytel's. And I mean, they're already younger than I am and they're already kicking ass. Wait for the, for the next role after that. And, and we'll have a, we'll have a tough fight. So, uh, be the yeah. old agents. Yeah. They're going to come in with all of their, all of their exposure and friends and, and all of their tactics and their marketing and they produce content in the blink of an eye. Yep. Yeah. And they understand technology way better than we ever will. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so let's make sure we don't become the old agents of the future and we adapt before that as well. Absolutely. What would you say that, so as we become more successful, most of us want to give back in some way to our community. What are some of the things that you're doing? Oh, so many things. So first of all, um, every um, year um, we are the title sponsor for Brews, Brews, and Barbecue, Brews, Blues, and Barbecue with WeCycle. WeCycle is a nonprofit organization that helps low-income families um, get diapers and baby gear. Also, the same thing when we do the Hilltop Garage Sale, every year um, we get the whole Hilltop neighborhood to do a big garage sale, and then we donate um, all of the things. We help donate from the people um, that didn't sell their stuff to WeCycle, um, and um, I'm also part donating into the Israeli and Jewish communities, and every one of the people on the team um, has their own charity that they uh, do as well. So um, it's not just, that's just me personally, but um, we all have the things that we do for charity, um, and it's important for us, for sure. Um, you know, we, we work with families. We work, we're all women, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what matters. Awesome. So this charity, this poker charity event now. Oh, right? my God. I'm so excited. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm we're going to get calls from, like, 800 different um, title companies asking to sponsor this in, like, five months. Come on and give them a, yeah, come on, title companies. I even have my, my Creed Group card protector. I'm there ready. you go. Oh my God, I'm out of my league. I, same, same with me, same. Well, more is going to be fun. You. We'll put a date on the calendar. We'll more is going to teach me. Okay, guys. Oh I'm so excited. Um, okay, so I would love to know, how would you, what would you say to somebody who wants to create a team you know, what, what is it that you feel that you've done that has made it so successful? Speak about how to start that from the ground up and with a good culture and, you know, what, like somebody who's listening, who is a single agent, who's maybe ready to transition to taking the first step to becoming a team. What, what do you think that looks like for them? Um, I think the first thing would be to be open for accepting opinions that are not just yourself. Um, I think it's important to be able to listen, um, in the fact that we listen and we get ideas from our agents too. Um, it's not just Michelle and I running the show. First of all, I have to also, I also want to listen to Michelle, my business partner. So I have to start there and, and we don't always agree on everything, but we have to have our minds open to other opinions. Also like any single person on the team, um, it's, it's sharing, I guess it's being, um, together with the same goals, the same mission. Because if you're going to be on a team and you want to produce and your goal is to produce 20 million this year and you want to kick ass and you're going to open knock on every door to get it happen and your team member is okay producing two or three or five million and kind of like doing it and that nothing about wrong with that. Some people just want a different lifestyle and they just 
want to have a side gig on the side and and spend more time with their family and 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 I commend that too that's that's fantastic but what you're going to find is that you're gonna um, really start getting annoyed when you don't feel they're on the same page as you are so I think aligning goals um, with the members of your team or at least being aware of the different goals is the number one conversation you should have with people. Do you think that age, like a single agent should be, people talk about this a lot. Do, should there be a certain level of production that's happening within their own business before they're allowed to go out there and start a team? Sounds like you had a clear vision from the very beginning that you were doing that. I think you can do anything you set your mind to. I don't think there's any limitations. Nobody should tell you, don't start a team until you have 1 million, 2 million. If you're going to go start a team though, with 1 million production, no problem at all, but just know that the level of expectation from the members is going to also fall on you too. And people are going to want to know that they value the partnership they have with you. So it's probably good to have a little bit of experience before, but if you don't and you still want to do it, I mean, do it. I love it. I mean, anything I've tried to do, um, so many different ideas in life, they don't all work. Um, clearly, you guys know about one that didn't work. But were, <laughs> I don't know. Both, I feel like it did work, but. Yeah. But there were many, many, many ideas that flopped so bad that I tried, uh, but people didn't notice. Uh, people only notice uh, unless, I mean, maybe they notice when it's on the news, but beforehand they didn't. <laughs> So you're allowed to make lots of mistakes and try and be in a team and not in a team and go on your own and do this and whatever works for you as long as you're trying and, and you're happy. I think fortune favors the bold. And I definitely think that, I think people saw that before the video. I mean, like I was following you long before the video. So I think people have always seen you being bold, which is really super cool. I love it. Well, thank you. I'll take bold. I like bold. That's a good <laughs> word. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll accept it with all of its uh, extra, you know, thoughts that come along with it. Not always it's good, but that's, that's true. Uh, and, and yeah, listen, even if it didn't work and I fell flat on my face and my business crashed and I no longer could sell another house in my life, I would change. I would do another business in a different field and I would kick ass on that anyway. So that's the mentality you need to have anyway, no matter what you do. Love it. Love it. So $57 million a year producing team, social media, the Denver ear, the speaking engagements, three kids, a husband. How the hell do you juggle it all? Like, what's your secret? Like, do you have a calendar that you live and die by? Do you ebb and flow throughout the day? Do you help? Like, what does that look like? So first of all, um, I have an amazing assistant, Michael Ann, and she actually, like, I honestly don't think my business would survive um, without having her. Uh, it's waking up in the morning and having one more person to say, hey, I got to do this and this and this. Can you prepare this for me? Uh, can you help me with that? Um, and that makes a hell of a difference in my business. Um, but Honestly, I don't always juggle it well. I mean, there are days that I'm away from the kids more than I should be because I have to attend a few things for the team. There are days when um, I don't go show houses or I don't do that because um, I can't. I'm with my family today. I'm sorry. Um, and I take it one day at a time. Um, it's, it's mostly about focusing energy on something that is immediate for this 
certain time. So right now, obviously for the past two months, I had a newborn baby and I decided to not take on things. I'm like, no, I'm not taking this on. No, I can close another deal here and get another $20,000. I'm not taking this deal. Like I'm going to prioritize having a newborn. And now that I'm two months in, my priorities are going to slowly start changing. Um, and it's just prioritizing your time better. Um, and, uh, I absolutely try to no longer work until four in the morning because mm -hmm. I used to work as soon as uh, the kids went to sleep and um, I would wake up irritated in the morning and I would just, I felt as though I was always chasing my own tail. I have found that I do just as well in business without that additional three hours late at night. Mm -hmm. So um, that's made me a happier person. So now I'm even more juggling things during the day, but um but I'm not taking it too seriously because at the end of the day, we're not brain surgeons. Like what's going to happen? I mean, as long as you're okay with your deadlines on your contracts and your clients aren't at risk of losing their earnest money, anything you do right now is not going to end the world. Mm -hmm. I love this. Like this is such a recurring theme with everybody that we've talked to the last couple of weeks. This right here that you're, you, we are allowed to have a life and we mm -hmm. are allowed to spend time with our families and we are allowed to shut down. And if we don't do that for ourselves, what are we doing here? Yeah, 100%. Um, we need to, right? I mean, one of the reasons real estate is also a good job, in my opinion, for um, parents is because it allows you to be flexible with your time and you can create your own schedule um, kind of around it. And, um, and that's, that's important because the reason we're doing that is so that we do spend time with people around us, our family. And, uh, and taking that time out and, and making sure that you spend that, those hours are important because there is always going to be another deal to chase, always. How is it, like, what's it like living with a spouse who is also so entrepreneurial? So we all, Angela and Josh are husband and wife business, they're brokerage owners. Kristen and her high school sweetheart are um, a husband and wife team, but like typically, you've got one person who's very visionary and one person who's very entrepreneurial. And then you've got one person who's more rooted and consistent. I hate to say that, but us visionaries are, cannot be like that. So like, what is it like to have two of you that are so entrepreneurial? Well, um, I don't know. It's been like that since the day I've known Ida. We've always been like this. The first uh, business we did together, we operated an eBay shop from our um, second room in London. We started to operate, we started to buy things um, wholesale that we found in shops and then we sold them on eBay. Um, so we've always been like that. Um, I don't know anywhere, like any way else. And what the one thing is, is that we talk, like we talk about our businesses. So when Ida comes home or I come home, um, I know everything that's going on. If he just jumps in and says, oh, this happened with this and this person, like I already know this and this person. I know what happened yesterday to connect to the story of today. Um, and same thing with my business. Um, so I think, it, I think it just makes it easier. You come home, you sit, dinner, everyone knows what's going on. Um, he's my friend and not just my husband. Like I, I, and I need his advice too because he's incredibly smart. So many of the decisions I've made successfully were also because of him. Um, I don't know where I start and where he ends. Uh, a lot of it is kind of like conversations that we've had together and, and, and 
I think it's because we're very similar people. Uh, sometimes we're too similar. Sometimes when we fight, we both go crazy. Um, but often I think having a similar person than you that works well for me. Have you noticed if the girls are, do they have that entrepreneurial spirit yet? Have you noticed at all? They're still pretty young, but. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> already from, from years ago, they've already decided uh, that they're opening a business and everything is about a uh, business, of course, because they obviously see that at home. Um, and I think that also contributes it to as well. You know, it's whatever you see at home, you kind of mimic. So they were playing business and she has a shop and she has a this and she has a product. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're more entrepreneurial than I am nowadays. They already have ideas and watch Shark Tank. They're, they're going to be bigger than me. <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. So I have kind of a, a big question that's been on my mind. Coming from where you've come from, um, has life always been easy or how has life treated you and how have you overcome it and how has it made you who you are? Would you change anything? Um, first of all, life is definitely not always easy. Um, 100% not. Um, I've been through many, many hardships, just like everybody else has. Um, would I change it? Um, I would change situations. For example, my brother passed away. And um, that happened uh, by suicide. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me. So I would go back and change that. Um, has it made me the person I am today? 100%. Um, I have grown from that to knowing what matters in life too. And putting emphasis on relationships, like I said. So it made me who I am today. So on the one hand, I would go ahead and change that. But it also is part of what made me who I am. So um, everything you go through in life, everybody goes through their own bag of crap. Everyone has a story. Everyone has something that they've been through. Um, and if they haven't, I'm absolutely happy for them. Um, I wish more people wouldn't, but it's part of life. It's what's called life. You know, every day, um, is a blessing and every day something tomorrow won't be the same. Maybe you just got to appreciate that. And, and Again, remember, put things in perspective. That's always the number one thing. I, every time you get mad, every time you think that the world ended for you, um, what really is the worst that could happen? Is, that really, is this really a big deal? And when you say yourself that, you're gonna realize that the majority of things aren't a big deal and um, your life will be better for it because you're not gonna dwell in stupid shit. I think that um, something that I take away from talking to you and meeting you today is you are so driven that it, that drive has to come from somewhere. So the girls and I talk a lot about how when bad things happen to you or you've grown up a certain way that you can either use it to fuel your success or you can use it to consume you. And I feel like you're a great example of somebody that's using it to fuel you. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's happened in your life that has been super ugly and you wouldn't wish on anyone, but it's actually probably made you the incredible person that you are. So there's always something to be thankful for with it, I guess. So 100%. And you actually hit the nail exactly on the head. I got my real estate license the same year my brother passed away. And then once that happened, I realized how life is so short and I can do anything because I mean, I might not be here tomorrow. So why not try everything I can? So part of that is that drive. I also think, because um, I'm first generation American, like I think that coming from immigrant parents, 100%, and like, I don't want to get political or weird or say something bad here, but like 
Americans oftentimes are the people not taking the opportunities that this amazing country provides for us. Um, so I think that coming from immigrant parents definitely pushes, it drives you to be different in a different way. If you think about it, um, we moved here for a goal, for a reason. We left everybody behind. We're raising children not near their grandchildren, like grandparents. We just made it a decision to move here so that we can succeed uh, career-wise for our families. So because we made that move, that is such a conscious decision that every day you wake up and you have to make sure that you didn't make that a, like a mistake, mm -hmm. that you didn't do all of that for nothing, that you came here for a reason. And when, you're, when you have that reason in your mind, then obviously you see it as, as a mission. And once there's a mission, you work harder for it. I love you. You are just so strong. Like your, your, your aura, you're so strong and you take no bullshit. And I love it. Thank you. That's awesome. I appreciate hearing that. I, uh, I love you too. And I, I love that you said that too. It's, uh, I'm just trying my best here. Like everybody else every day, you know, um, every day, everyone wakes up, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own life own problems. Uh, just remember that, um, I mean, people are successful. Somebody built, they created an airplane. Somebody did a skyscraper, like medicine, um, vaccinations. We're selling real estate. If we can't do in this job, I mean, seriously. Uh, I say that all the time more. I always say we aren't curing cancer. We're selling houses. Like, right. yes, what we do is super important. And yes, what we do is super impactful. But at the end of the day, let's yeah. be very real about our space in this world, right? Like, it's just what it is. Exactly. So unless you're saving a life, and sometimes there are some deals that I feel as though I've saved a life. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But on the day-to-day, -day, uh, yes, having that perspective is important too. And once you also have that perspective, then now you can feel as though you can accomplish anything because you're saying 57 million as though it's a big thing. Um, I just spoke to an agent that closed 300 million in a different market with one assistant, 300 million. So like six agents closing almost 60 to him, probably I looked like nothing. So the, so there is so much room to grow. And uh, until we're 300 million, uh, I'm not gonna pat myself on the back either. That's the best part about real estate though. Like success looks different for all of us. Like I'm an individual agent. I close 15 million a year. I don't have an assistant. I don't have any help. Like, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, that's a lot of production. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day though, like that's the best part. And that was kind of, I think the other reason we decided to start doing this was to kind of showcase that success doesn't look the same to every single person. And you can run a really successful business for whatever your life looks like. And that's the coolest part about real estate. It's one of the only careers I think you can really do that. Right. Still have all these different success stories, right? Of course. And it's also how you perceive it. Um, if from all like thoughts you think I right now would be able to just say, okay, I've reached it. Like I've, I'm successful now, I'm capped. Um, my drive and hunger is so large that I just feel as I just started. Mm -hmm. So it also depends on where you're at uh, mentally. And, and I guess I just want to win everything. <laughs> I know people, people like that. that's a thing. Like my family, there are people in my life ask me all the time, when is it enough? When is it enough? When is it enough? And I say, never. Yeah. Like I'll tell you when I get there, but I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get there. Right. Like, 
but there's, it's a, that's a personality thing. I don't know that you can teach that to people. Like, I feel like you either have, you can't really teach hunger and drive. Nope. You either have it as a person or you don't have it. I agree on that. I agree on 100%. And I think, uh, and I think again, uh, you can run a successful business without having excessive amounts of hunger and drive. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, cause hunger and drive is not always necessarily the best thing ever, you know? No. Uh, uh, agreed. Yeah. So. It's actually been in, in, since you said that incredibly destructive in ways in my life. So, um, yeah, no, it isn't the best thing ever, but of course, but you can't really control it. It's just like you said, um, you can't control it. You have it, um, or you don't. Um, and, uh, but if you do have it and you want to be part of team Denver homes, uh, <laughs> we're looking for having it on this side of those. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I would come and work for you. Like right? I, I, you're a badass, man. I right? love it. Well, yeah. I tell you all, we're definitely looking to add people to the team. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk. We're, we're excited. We want to see where this goes. Um, you guys are bad asses for sure. Wow. And this whole, this whole idea. So are you guys going to be like targeting that talking to agents or just people in the industry in general? So oh it just, it just honestly started as like, we just loved spending time with each other. Like Jess said, we were sitting on my boat and we were like, we should just figure out how to do something with each other. And so I will say that this has gone from zero to like a thousand really fast. And we're, it's been absolutely crazy. Um, originally it was like, we just want to do something with each other. We did think it would be more, um, based around educational type stuff and just talking about like relevancy and what's happening in the market and what's happening in our lives and other people's lives. But then, um, I'm going to be totally candid and honest. I'm a marketing girl. Like that's my biggest passion. So at some point, you know, reading through what it takes to get into new and noteworthy on iTunes, you've got an eight week window where you really have to maximize your guests out. And the fastest way that I could think of to do that would be to bring in influencers who would then share it out. Right. So to make that ripple effect really fast. Um, but then I think what happened was like, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, like we are getting so poured into and so fired up and each one of us in a totally different way, but and so inspired by the people that we're talking to that like, I feel I have no idea where this will go and I hope it goes far and I hope people enjoy listening to it. But I mean, in the like four or five weeks that we've been doing it, I can say for me, it's already changed my life because we get to talk to people like you who just expand our brains and our hearts and our ideas of what's possible. It's pretty cool. We, we really don't know what the future of homegirls is. Like, honestly, to tell you the truth, we're kind of just going with the flow a little bit and it's, it's kind of cool. We're kind of liking it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about the future. We've talked about what we want to do and how we want to grow it and what we want to do for people. But honestly, right now, we're kind of just getting our feet wet to kind of see what happens. I think we're all kind of sitting here going, is this happening? We got to sit here and talk to more Zucker today. Yeah. Who the fuck am I to sit here with more today and talk to her? Like, I mean, that's how I, I feel though. That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, what I would suggest is showing the world who exactly homegirls are. So I would do like a feature on each one of you guys um, and combine and let the world know where you sell, uh, what you do, and kind of do like the homegirl of the week. Yeah, that would yes. be 
Yeah, well, you're the homegirl this week, right? Now. You're the homegirl this week. <laughs> and I'm obsessed with the poker charity idea. Like that yes. would be yes. so cool. Yes. Doing it. Let's put it. Let's make sure it's gonna happen sometime between spring and summer of this year. Let's okay. do it. And, uh, okay. and we'll we'll let all your listeners. Okay. So know. my brain is like spinning. So I'm gonna have to contact you offline because like I go into that crazy marketing place where I'm like it needs to be like a speakeasy where we have a password so you can get in. So it's like prohibition, black label style poker. And we should probably have really hot men that are drinking <laughs> and serving drinks. And like, I'm, I'm like, I've been there for the last 20 minutes. That's so. perfect. I love that idea. And so, uh, I can get out, I can get in touch with lots of local establishments that have a liquor license and see if they want to host us uh, and come as the Denver ear and we give them a shout out from the Denver ear and we'll probably get a, a good spot. So if any uh, businesses are interested in uh, submitting, we'll, we're gonna <laughs> will you talk about girl. the Denver ear really fast? So we'll link it for people when we post the video and the audio, but tell us what it is and how people can find it. Uh, so the Denver Ear is a lifestyle blog. Um, I started it because um, a lot of the times, when by way back when I told you, um, when I was just in the beginning of the business, all I saw online were agents producing content about real estate, and I thought that was boring. And then I thought to myself, um, okay, so we're gonna showcase it. I'm gonna showcase things that people want to read well past um, the closing date. So even if they close. I mean, otherwise they're not going to be interested in real estate for three more years. Right. Um, and what would I be interested in? What do I want to know? And I came obviously uh, from London, we moved here and I didn't know what to do. And I always was looking for things to do. So I figured I would show other people that what to do after I found what they were doing. And from there, it just grew uh, because I poured my heart and soul into that website. Um, and those were the hours I spent until four in the morning. I was just writing content um, all the time. And I wanted it to be 3,000 words so that Google will, will scrape it really well. Like I could have easily done half that, but I was going to go all the way. And, um, and I think it shifted the most for once I decided to focus on local businesses because then I would write about local businesses and then I would let local businesses know I wrote about them and they would share my content. Yep. And, uh, and from there, uh, it, it was just become really fun. It's now a fun outlet. Um, I'm not gonna say it's a lead generation tool. So a lot of agents that wanna open a blog and they think they're gonna get leads directly from strangers on that, that's not true. What you're going to get is become constant top of mind for your sphere. So because your sphere reads your newsletters because you have things to do in Denver this weekend, then they always constantly remember you. And then yes, you're gonna get the occasional lead, but um, Building a brand is more for top of mind business. How do people I, find it? What I'm sorry. part of your sphere and I'm a fellow real estate agent. I've been signed up for the Denver ear long before I even actually knew who you were and who was the kind of the face behind the Denver ear. So, I mean, that right there shows you the reach that that, that lifestyle blog has had. And that really should be like the poster child for what content real estate agents should be putting out there. I'm assuming you don't send out like a newsletter, like a stats newsletter, like some of these, right? 
So um, I do have newsletters, but I don't send them out as often because I've decided to now combine um, the Denver Ear articles mm -hmm. in my real estate newsletter um, because the Denver Ear already gets lots of online like hits immediate. Um, so my direct traffic is so high that I think the people that are signed up for the newsletter, I'd rather show them real estate. And that's where I did, that was my mistake with the Denver Ear, that if I would take anything back and if anyone's starting a brand, this is what you should do i was so cautious on like people knowing that i just want to produce content and for them to find me through the back door that i didn't tell them enough that i sell real estate so if i had to do it all over again i would do three articles about lifestyle one article about real estate i would i would i would pepper it in so people still know that i'm a realtor because Part of the reasons that's not good, you didn't know I was a realtor. You didn't know the story behind it. And I wanted that in the beginning, but I think I took it too far. I should have merged my brands a little bit better. Um, now it's become its own animal. So I'm not gonna change it because it grew to its own baby and I'm letting it live its own life. And then and, and it's become another business actually. Now. I Googled um, the other day, best road trips or like best weekend destinations within like six hours of Denver or something like that. And the first like three articles that popped up were all Denver year articles. So that's how, um, we get content. I get content on how to find what to write. It's going on Google, searching for things, seeing, uh, what people are searching for and seeing what's available. Usually if it's not good information, you should probably write about it or do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love the idea of the podcast because it's so much easier than typing so much. Uh, <laughs> you guys yeah. did a much easier route. So I love I to write. I'm not. Com I don't like being on camera. So I'm, and I don't like my voice. I hate. I hate listening to my voice back. So I'd rather write. But whatever. How do people find the Denver Ear? Um, the Denver Ear.com. and on everything on any social media, it's the Denver Ear. Um, and it's the ear because, um, it's, it's secrets, it's secrets. And the way I get those secrets is that I, uh, reached out when I started reaching out to those businesses, I told them before you tell anybody anything, if you tell it to me first, I'll publish it for you. Uh, so I got secrets. And can then you that's do the, can you do that? I'm not going to do it. Can you do it for me? The, <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of pretty little liars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stupid show. <laughs> and then as far as real estate goes, where can everybody find you and Team Denver Homes? So we're teamdenverhomes.com, same thing. Uh, Team Denver Homes on everything, same username. Uh, easy to remember, easy to find. Um, and yeah, uh, this is fun. Can we do this again? Yes, yeah, totally. Can. Can I be like in the Survivor when they bring the all-star cast like later for like the second season? Can I come in as the recurring guest? Yes. Huh? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> our honorary fifth homegirl. Yeah. <laughs> That's Thank awesome. Thank you for um, spending time with us today, more. We super appreciate it. This was awesome. Yes. Um, I, this was, I mean, this was just awesome. So we appreciate your time. Of course. And I'll let everybody know to check out everything because we will publish uh, about our charity poker event on all of our platforms yes. uh, soon. So we're going to work on that in the next couple of months and we're going to, we're going to make it happen because once we say we do, we do baby. We're going to do it. Right. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you guys soon. 
We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.